This is Reimagining Healthcare, a podcast about innovation in the healthcare industry. It's a show for healthcare business owners, for healthcare professionals, for industry investors, and health tech entrepreneurs. On the show, I talk to health tech and healthcare innovators to uncover how they're reimagining and building a world of seamless digital healthcare experiences and how that fits into people's lives. I'm your host, Yanni Sapanos. Today, I'm speaking with Tim Wilson, CEO and co-founder of Snapforms. It's an online form builder that allows healthcare providers to create, share, and collect data to support healthcare workflows or even healthcare marketing. In this interview, we discuss how the humble form can be a simple idea or a very complex idea, and in this respect, how we can digitize it to support digital-first healthcare services in any way, shape, or size. In a modern world, we're increasingly interacting with clients in a digital way, and the usual points of access, such as websites, online booking portals, are often the start of a healthcare service experience. If this is designed end-to-end in a seamlessly integrated, branded, and professional way, this promotes a great customer experience. However, too often we see disjointed and clunky use of systems that actually make it harder for a client to choose a service provider. This amounts to pain points, and this discussion will help alleviate those for your clients as we work through using digital forms before, during, and after appointments as a starting point, and then exploring how conditional logic and sophisticated workflows can be introduced into a modern healthcare practice. If you're working out your ideal digital touch points to support health, clinical, and administrative workflows, or even interested in what patterns of digital touch points are emerging in your sector that can be defined into forms, then you'll get a lot out of this episode. Let's jump in. Well, hey there, Tim. How are you doing today? Great. Thanks, Yanni. How are you? Very well, all things considered. Let's talk about your journey, Tim. So you're the co-founder and CEO of Snapforms, and we'll break down what Snapforms is, what it's doing today, and where you're going to get to with it. But perhaps just a little bit of a background, what led to Snapforms being created? So Snapforms was founded in 2013, so we have been around a while now. Originally, we started to try and service the marketing and competition types scenario with Forms, getting people sign up, getting people interested in your product or service. So we did a lot of... in 30 words or less, tell us about why you want our product, those types of things. Over time, it really quickly developed into less about marketing and more about capturing data, managing data, managing the workflows behind that data. And I think what we discovered is, in particular, the healthcare industry really does capture a lot of data and manages that data in, in many different ways across all the different types of segments within the healthcare industry. So we quickly found that our users were more and more needing secure data, um, you know, secure practices of handling that data. People start to realize that paper isn't necessarily secure and storing paper certainly isn't very money friendly or environmentally friendly. So we, we get a lot of healthcare providers looking for data, but they really want that data security. Our real niche in the market is, you know, Australian hosted Australian service and really focusing on giving that end to end secure use of data privacy. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where it sort of seems like a simple concept, but when you think about the humble form, it has so many permutations and it's been around for so long. You know, I could sort of imagine even way back in the pharaohs era when they were building pyramids that somebody was documenting 
some kind of standardized layout in terms of how they were going about doing those kind of buildings and construction. So the idea of the form, it's not new in of itself, but the thing about digital is that we're evolving so much in moving away, I guess, from that paper-based idea into the digital realm. Were there any sort of really prominent pain points or problems that your customer community was kind of calling out for when you were sort of in the early foundation stages? Yeah, I think early on, it's about taking that paper form that they have and replicating it one for one in an online solution. I think that's being the biggest, and it it still happens today. You know, you've got on a paper form, you might have four different people signing it or a table that spreads across four different pages that captures 50 different points of data and translating that into an online form that sometimes needs to be on a mobile phone or a tablet. Sometimes you have to change that layout or, you know, we have a field type that maybe isn't supported yet. Uh, So getting people to not just take on a new process in a digital process, but maybe change the way they do things today as well. I think change, everyone can always sometimes be resistant to change. But when you're changing something you've been doing for 10, 20, however many years, that's where you know you kind of have to step back, look at the digital solution is going to be different, but it's going to be better because of these reasons. So I think that's probably been the biggest challenge we've tried to overcome. I think once people start seeing information coming in digitally, they don't have to read someone's handwriting, they don't have to transcribe it into whatever system they're using, the information comes in a bulk format they can use in another system, they start to see the changes that maybe they had to adopt are well worth the outcome. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's part of the elegance in your model. Just what you were saying there a little bit earlier about most of the clients would just say, here, I've already got a form, it's in paper, just do it in digital. And you know, that seems from a customer standpoint, that seems like a really easy and obvious thing to do, but you need to design a platform that can actually cope with almost an infinite number of ideas and be able to actually have it look and feel and be represented as each individual customer wants it to look like. In other words, it's not as though forms out there broadly are all universally standardized and everybody in that industry 100% agrees this is exactly what should be on a form all day, every day. There are some forms that might be very consistent between different points of care and different types of health providers, but then each health provider kind of does its own thing in a way, doesn't it? It's kind of got that idiosyncratic expression where these are the forms I want for my business, for my needs, for my purposes, and they may not be 100% aligned with how a very similar health provider down the road might think about their forms. And so I see what you've achieved there in, in being able to have a platform that can be so dexterous and so adaptable so that anyone can achieve their form outcome within it. It's kind of a really understated part of snap forms. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think whenever we design a new feature, whether it be a new field or a, you know something like conditional logic or something more advanced, calculations, et cetera, every decision we make with that new feature is always focused on making it easy to use upfront. So we want anyone to be able to come into the platform and understand what it's doing the first time they see it. And then if they dig under the hood, yeah, they can make advanced changes or they can really apply that conditional logic or they can bring in calculation fields to do things to others. So I think in the example you gave you, everyone's different. We want a solution that everyone can come in despite how they're using forms today, look at the solution and go, actually, I can see how this work. Then once they get into it, you know, maybe they go, well, now that it's digital, I can automatically calculate someone's age. You know, I don't have to put in, are you X to X age range? Or, you know, there's a lot of efficiencies they can get when you're starting to use computers to auto calculate or auto send that information elsewhere. And that's when they start digging under the hood. Maybe we can help them with that, or maybe they can work that out themselves. So we try to design a solution that does support 85, 90% of any form in any industry to me, it's not just healthcare, it's, it's right across all businesses. And then that final 10, 15%, maybe they need to use some advanced features, maybe they need to change their form a little bit, or maybe they need to bring us in and help them out. 
So let's unpack that a little bit. So for somebody who is wanting to simply transpose some existing forms, they obviously can get that done within snap forms. But what about for somebody who is more advanced or perhaps has a more sophisticated approach to how they're designing their own digital touch points between themselves and the relationship with their client or their patient? What are you seeing emerging there? Are there any patterns or standards that you're seeing that you're already providing resources for? Yeah, I think the biggest change, especially recently, and maybe COVID has brought this on, is you know traditionally a lot of our online forms were more just that initial you come into the practice and it's a patient registration, your first time being here, provide us your details. I think it's one we've all filled out before. That was probably the main one we saw initially. I think as the COVID situation and having to work from home, work remotely, or be more conscious of you know touch points. Uh, we've seen a lot of the processes after that initial registration start to become digital forms. So we start seeing more clinical notes being inputted into SNAP forms. You know, I think we've had a few recently from physio type organizations where they will get their clients to fill in a form. They'll say, you know, where are you feeling pain? You know, scale the pain from one to 10. And those forms form the basis of the first session. The physio in the example I gave will actually have a copy of that form and will have a lot of information up front that maybe they didn't have before, or maybe they captured offline or a different format, and they can go through that during the session a lot more. They will apply their clinical notes, and it's all part of one singular form submission that then gets sent to you know a, a Core Plus or a tool like that, where it's attached against the patient file. They get a PDF there. They get the input from the customer where the pain was, how severe the pain was, how do they do it, and then they get the clinical notes alongside that as well. Yeah, I really see that being the continuation. Actually, I think um, a lot of things like intake forms, patient consents initial assessments are fairly generic concepts within the healthcare industry from a digital standpoint. But I guess the next part of it is what happens after the first appointment. And there's a tremendous opportunity to actually build out structured touch points so that between every single appointment and after every appointment, there's an ability to actually design your own customer experience as a healthcare professional and really embrace what I'm calling a digital first approach to delivering healthcare in this modern age, which is sort of not saying digital only or exclusive to any in-person contact. It's quite quite the opposite. It's really about having this extended relationship between yourself as a healthcare provider and your clients that is not confined, strictly speaking, to a physical appointment. And it allows for continuity, it allows for engagement, and allows for feedback, which I think is a really important part of where digital health could actually get to, such as ratings or scales for what the experience was like between the client and the health practitioner, or perhaps the overall practice. So there's more to it than just sort of clinical workflows. There's a whole bunch of qualitative type of information that can be garnered and gathered now using digital forms and having them set up across the whole engineered timeline of the healthcare service delivery. What are your thoughts around that? Yeah. You talked about the experience there or the digital experience and I grew up in a small town where there was one doctor that everyone went to, or maybe there was two doctors, one physio, maybe two, one chiro, et cetera. And the list went on. There was one in sort of the town that I grew up in. And living in Melbourne now where I'm living, you know, there's, there's easily five of each within a 10-minute drive. And I think that experience for me is a real key, you know, taking forms or others out of the process. But, you know, I'm much more likely to go back to someone that provides that full experience that I really enjoyed, you know, choice of how I'm supported with whatever I need support from from that provider. The other thing is I'm much more likely to refer my wife, family, friends, others like I just had this great experience with 
this physio I went to, you know, he captured all the information up front. It was still a 30, 40 minute session, but I didn't spend 20 minutes explaining that I hurt my knee doing X. It hurts here. Yes, it hurts when I go up and down. You know, I went straight in and we went straight into the physio notes. You know, that experience is different when we start using different tools that maybe we're not used to in the past. I don't know if it's because I'm not in healthcare, but I didn't realize that healthcare is now so competitive even. It's a, it's a competitive industry, it seems. I think there's multiple providers trying to get my attention. I think providing a solution that keeps me coming back is a big one, I think. That's a really good observation, actually, because there is a tremendous amount of demand for healthcare services. And I think consumers are consistently getting used to great experiences when it comes to technology companies and how they go about purchasing other goods and services in different industries. And so it would be natural for a lot of consumers to start to expect that healthcare also engages with them in a very similar way, a very scalable way, a very personalized way, a very specific way where that person can interact with it anywhere, anytime, as little as much as they'd like to, without necessarily feeling any obstructions or barriers in being able to engage with that. And I think that's encapsulated in the idea of a digital touch point. There are these moments that we interact with each other when we're receiving services from people. That experience could actually be a really positive one or a really negative one. Let's take, for example, when somebody comes to a website. So you've spent all this time, money and effort in marketing to get somebody to your website, and then you are really hard to contact. And you might have a contact form on there that is three generations old as far as web technology is concerned, and it's not as easy to use as perhaps something that Snapforms offers, where you can actually plug something in and make it a really seamless and easy experience to move to the next level. Those types of touch points and experiences, just to your point, will either encourage that person to stay with the service provider because why change? Everything's going well. It's easy to use, easy to choose, that kind of thing. But when things start to get really difficult or challenging in having an experience with the service provider, then the tendency is to look for somebody else. So that brings up the whole competitive thing that you were talking about there as well. Am I overanalyzing this? How do you relate to it across your customer portfolio? No, I don't think you are. Just my personal experience, like as I said, that I have a choice who I go to now. And I think the other thing is it is important to provide choices to our consumers. And it's not about forcing everyone down a path of filling in a form before their appointment because that may actually turn some of our consumers away. You know, they may want to stay a more traditional approach. But I think if we can service everyone in the way that they would like to as much as possible, then I think then that's where we get the, the word of mouth, the return visits, the return consumers or customers or patients. And I think that's important for everyone's business. I think word of mouth is the best form of marketing. And that comes from the type of service you receive at the first point, at the second point, at every single point. 100%. And it's the most cost-effective form of growing any business is to get the word of mouth in. I know when we were talking about the integration with Core Plus, what I'd observed or some of the problem areas that I'd seen out in the allied health community was that in broad terms, you know, if you sort of take a startup healthcare service provider right through to a very mature and established healthcare service provider with lots of staff and lots of practitioners, there were a couple of problems with trying to design at a clinical level a very flexible framework for any allied healthcare provider to be able to design their own service because they're all at various stages in their own business growth. So the startup might have a very narrow set of requirements as far as the type of forms that it wants to put in place for its service relationship with its clients. But a very large practice might have layers and layers of sophistication built in historically. So it was really important to try and offer that kind of flexibility because I, I think with Allied Health in particular that there's still a lot of time to go before really clearly defined standards with respect to data and data structures 
are evident. So it's still the industry is kind of working itself out and doing things its own way as it goes. And I preface that because I'm, I'm intrigued with some of the conditional logic rules and the workflows that you were talking about a little bit earlier. And I know that you're starting to market into the community. Tell us a little bit more about that. Is it for the larger, more sophisticated business that has really thought through the way that it wants to operate as a business? Or is it for the startup? Who was it designed for? And, and what would it offer them? Conditional logic is really broad. You know, It's really about tightening the form that someone is filling in to be specific to the type of information you want to capture about them as broad as merging four forms into one and they just select the form type at the top and the rest of the form will automatically morph into that type of form rather than having four different types of form. So just explain that a little bit further. So is that the conditional logic part or is that the workflow part? That's the conditional logic. So you might have four types of forms that you currently use in, in your organization and you send four different forms out to people, four different attachments or four documents in the mail, whatever it is. Whereas in Snap Forms, you could just send one particular URL or form and they choose at the top of the form which form they're filling in, inpatient registration or second visit type forms. And the rest of the fields will hide or show based on that selection. So it's that conditional logic, conditions on other fields showing or hiding subsequent fields. Is there a limitation on how far you can go with that? Is that, is that sort of something where you can use that to design your, your entire end-to-end customer experience? You can. I go back to physio because that's probably the, the healthcare practice provider that I've gone to most in my life. But a common one that we see across physio forms is to select the part of your body that you're experiencing pain or discomfort in. Maybe I select the knee and then the next question is not related to the shoulder or the back or anything else. It's a question about the knee. You know, Is it point to the section of the knee? Is it the outside or the inside or the anterior or the interior, etc.? So the form's actually morphing as they provide more and more information so that the healthcare provider knows exactly, okay, this patient is going to have sore knee here, it's sore here, and they have all that information. They don't have a, three pages of blank stuff that's come from an offline form because it has nothing to do with the shoulder or the back or other areas. That's great. That's great. And what sort of adoption are you seeing in the customer community around using that level of sophistication? Yeah, I think it, that's where that 10, 15% that I talked about earlier on, that they're happy to do that 85% replicate the form exactly as they have today. But those forms today being offline, they're not able to use conditional logic. So they're a four-page form maybe that has to be filled in and skip this section if it's not relevant to you, et cetera. So maybe being able to transcribe that into uh, you know, an online solution like Snapforms is where we can come in and help. We've got people just live chatting saying, I'm trying to work out this conditional logic and we help out. And then once they get that first one going, they're able to roll with the rest and get it set up. I think it's just digging under the hood to something that's very unique and different. We certainly see people taking it on, yeah. I think it's an excellent set of features to be able to empower the more advanced thinkers as far as the way that they want to design the customer experience, also design those data capture points and make it as light and easy as possible for their client to be able to get through that process as well. Because we know in the behavioral sciences, when there's too many things to fill in, that can actually dissuade consumers from moving forward in any type of transaction. So I think having that kind of technological framework is pretty exciting for healthcare, especially when I think about, you've sort of reflected on your own personal experience with your physio, but I think about NDIS and how complicated that industry can be, especially during the, the planning stages as well, and even aged care, perhaps even other areas like occupational therapy and potentially speech pathology. I know mental health certainly has a number of pathways and if this, then that type of approaches. So what are you seeing in those particular areas? You mentioned occupational therapy there. I think that's a really big area where at the moment there's a lot of, looking from the outside in, potentially a lot of convoluted processes. You know, we've got a particular client of ours that does home inspections for people prior to them coming out from surgery or lifelong in 
injuries that they're going to need, you know, different home setups, etc. They'll go out, they'll have, you know, a snap form on a tablet or a phone. They'll run through, do inspections of every room. They'll make recommendations to change, put a handrail here or put a handrail in the shower, etc. And that's all captured with photographs. It's all part of a singular PDF document output that comes from Snapforms that's provided to builders and other contractors to go in and provide quotes for the work that's been recommended by the occupational therapist. There's a lot of multi-touch points in a lot of industries, especially in healthcare, where you're doing four or five different things and then you're collating that all at the end, images, pictures, recommendations, documents, acceptance, and it's all now being able to put into one document that's able to be sent on appropriately. Yeah, it's really clear to see those particular areas as they continue to mature and as businesses grow. And there is a lot of growth in the allied health sector at the moment. A lot of health businesses over the last couple of years have expanded and they're recruiting. And part of those challenges and I guess some of the growth pains with a growing business is to try and have a little bit more standardization in the way that you actually operate the business and operate the actual service experience for your clients so that it's easy to train and easy to maintain a quality as far as the overall business is concerned. Is that consistent at all with your own experience? Are you uh, are you seeing clients sort of rapidly expanding over the last couple of years? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I think nearly all of our clients come back and say, oh, we've got three times as many occupational therapists or physios or whatever it is, they're, they're expanding and the processes behind are expanding with them. And for the most part, if they set things up you know, in this online world appropriately, then there isn't a need to actually, this process doesn't work anymore because it takes too much time before it took us five minutes to read all these PDFs. Now we've got 100 of these coming in. That's 500 minutes we didn't have before. Whereas now, if they're setting up these digital processes, it's always one second coming through. The information is automatically in the system, one second every time. Uh, So I think having the process set up correctly, even in the early times of starting up, sets you up to be more successful later on as well. And what, what would you say to a startup at this point in time if they're coming into snap forms? What do you think are the key things they should focus on day one? Yeah, I think a lot of times people have a vision of what they need already, and it's usually the data they need to collect. So if they're very early and they don't have these forms in place already, they'll know they need an NDIS registration form or they'll need a patient registration form. They'll know they'll need a clinical notes type form to capture once they speak to these people. And whether we're able to provide that via our templates, here's something to get you started and they'll adapt that. Or whether it's more unique than a template we can provide, then we'll work alongside them to actually build that from scratch. How do you currently do that? We'll provide your form. Is it just a a set of resources that you make available or do you have some team members that can actually come in and help clients in actually getting those first forms set up? Yeah. So if it's more advanced where we want to actually spend time with you and develop a process, we will set up meetings and and talk them through what works and what we've seen that doesn't work. As I said, a lot of the time people will have that form already. So they'll provide us a PDF copy of the form and we will turn that into a digital form for them and provide that back to them. And then they can adapt or adopt that if anything's needed as well. That's great. That's great. I know that uh, that would be certainly valued by a lot of people in the industry as they kind of grapple with some of those startup pressures. But I even think for a mature business, especially if there is a lot of paper in their business, it can be a bit daunting. I was kind of see that a little bit like data import for practice management systems. There's a barrier there because you've got to actually convert the way things were into the way you want them to be going forward. How do you find that with respect to forms? And are you doing anything about that in helping customers overcome that barrier? Yeah. So as I mentioned, we have team members internally that can take PDF copies of a customer's form that they have today, be it a patient registration, and we will 
for the most part, one-to-one replicate that in Snapforms for you if you don't have the time. And our team uses the same tools that we provide to our users. It's the same platform. It's just potentially saving them the time they don't have, or you know, maybe their time is more valuable than sitting in, in front of a platform building a form so we can take that on for them. But we'll basically do a one-to-one representation as much as possible for any existing forms that they have. That's fantastic. And I know at the outset, you were sort of touching on data security and data privacy. But tell us a little bit about that, you know, both in terms of, I guess, the platform itself, the hosting, that kind of thing, but also what happens to the data that gets entered into the forms? Yeah, I think that's probably the most important part of taking something digital is a lot of hesitancy and taking something that was fully controlled by them, you know, a piece of paper that was in their office the whole time or maybe an offsite uh, storage place, but they really had control of that data. And when you start looking at online platforms, you have to be really sure who owns that data, where that data is being stored, where it's going, who has eyes on it. So we have designed or made sure that everything that we designed is keeping that data secure. You know, we support many different industries, but the big ones that have really data security at the forefront, government, medical, education, we have a lot of forms in those industries. So data being stored in Australia is the big one. We make sure all of our data is stored in Australia, specifically in Sydney. We never send any of that data to any other provider. We don't even have access to view a lot of that form response data. It's only very specific individuals internally that may need to in, a, in the form of disaster recovery, etc. You know, we keep that very private. We don't have access to it. We make sure it's not sent anywhere else. And I think the other big one is the Australian privacy principles sort of determines a lot of how data is managed. And we make sure we adhere to a lot of those practices and policies as well. Oh, I wanted to make sure that you talk to that as well, Tim, because I know it's very important to you. I know it's a big part of the foundation when you were setting up Snapforms. But equally, I know it was a big part of the importance of having a high quality, seamless integration between Core Plus and Snapforms, just to make sure that end-to-end data transfer is always in a secure and private environment all the way through into the clinical setting and the patient record, so to speak. That's something I think that gets missed in allied health broadly. When I think about, for example, web strategies, there's a real tendency to sort of go for any tech that will do the job. And, you know, when I think about uh, websites, for example, there's some popular ones like Wix or Square, WordPress, for example, which are very good products with respect to IT security, but they are independent products and whatever kind of plugins and modules they offer in order to emulate, I guess, things like contact forms or booking type capabilities. Whatever data is captured stays within an isolated system, whereas doing an integration, and and I know you're very strong in integrations and, and you have a number of integrations with a variety of systems, but that's something that the allied health community and the broader medical community need to think through a little bit more as well, is to make sure that the data end-to-end is private and secure, not just in 15 different applications, private and secure but then you've got to take data out manually or save it onto your desktop or risk basically leaving a secure and private environment because you don't have an integrated end-to-end solution. So I think that's an important part of this journey forward with digital health. It's making sure that we do have high quality, seamless, secure and private integrations the whole way through. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah. And I think it only takes one step in that end-to-end chain that you talk about that isn't secure to really throw the whole process out. It's not about making sure just the end where it gets stored is correct, be it Snapforms or another provider. You need to make sure that every step in the lead up to that point is secure as well. A common one that we advise a lot of practice people coming on board and, and capturing that sensitive data is email. I think email inherently is very insecure. And I think 
as much as you control the process, you know, the form is secure, the data capture is secure, the data storage is secure. But then afterwards, I email the customer, you know, their clinical record. That one step in the process can throw everything else out because we lose control of email. Emails can go through multiple servers outside of Australia or in. Having a solution, as you said, that's end-to-end secured, you know where it's going and you're getting advice from the right people as well. The Call Plus or Snapforms, we always try to make sure we're giving advice to people like, again, try not to send or don't send patient information via email, but just making sure that that whole end-to-end process is secure is really important as well. Yeah, it's been a big part of my vision around Core Plus. We have a mission statement there, which is to connect, help and grow allied health professionals, deliver digital first healthcare service experiences for their clients. Embedded in that is the idea of connection. That's a really important idea for me, which is why I love the opportunity to work with you, Tim, and get the integration going. Because beyond the relationship between the practitioner and their client is the relationship between the practitioner and other healthcare practitioners or other points of care. And I think that's what we've been able to bring together in a really powerful way where Core Plus Snapforms, for example, becomes a solution for the relationship between the practitioner and their clients in whatever level of sophistication or simplicity or permutations of touch points that are needed in order to support that particular relationship. On the other side, once that client engagement is underway, there may be a need to actually reach out to peers in the industry, uh, referrers in the industry, other points of care in order to provide information or to requisition information within Core Plus, as you know, is the digital health secure messaging framework to be able to help achieve that. So I think that whole seamless end-to-end interoperable framework, we're basically evidencing it by way of the integration that we put together in order to provide that assurance and that quality environment for modern healthcare providers to be able to have these digital touch points, capture the information, be able to customize that and make it suit their particular needs. But on the same token, not necessarily cut corners where it really matters as far as the quality of security and privacy is concerned. And also think about what happens beyond the client engagement when it comes to interacting with other parts of the healthcare system. So it's, it's kind of a, what would you say, a, a healthcare 360 solution? Yep, exactly. It just every, everything in there resounds strongly with snapforms and the way we operate as well. You know, everything should be secure right along the way. As you said, don't take the shortcut of, instead of doing this integration, I'm going to just send this email over to the other people because you know it's easier or in my, quicker now rather than quicker in the long run. So I think just that making sure that secure end-to-end process and, and getting advice from the right people as well and making sure you set it up correctly is, is important as well. So tell me, Tim, you must have had your own vision of what Snap Forms would become over time. So a couple of questions. Have you achieved that yet or is the best still to come? And if so, what's the future look like if you get things your way? Look, I, th- I think we're all always evolving. I don't think anyone's at their end game at any point. If you think you are, that's when you probably stop improving. So our end goal is we're not industry agnostic. We, we, we want to be industry agnostic. We want to be able to support any business that has a need to take data online, digital, or, or you know, get away from paper forms. So you know, we continue to evolve our solution to support the different needs of different industries, be that different field types, you know, more advanced workflows and steps and configurations of the form. And we just continue to develop the platform ongoing. I think our, our most recent update is you know, we had a lot of people asking about these PDF copies of forms. You know, they come out looking like the online form, but we want it to look like a letter. We want to look different and look more advanced or, or more simplistic in some cases. And so we've released a feature to be able to do that. When we release a feature, it's, it's for all different types of industries to take advantage of. So I think that's our evolution, continue to make the platform available and able to be used by all the different industries and needs. Can you see in that 
vision measurements at a clinical level? Is that something that you're hearing any any demand for within the client community at the moment? There's two concepts I'm thinking about specifically, one being patient-reported outcome measures and another one being the patient-reported experience measures, which are probably more consistent with concepts like net promoter scores or, you know, kind of qualitative feedback in terms of what the actual service experience was like. But then when you think about PROMs or patient-reported outcome measures, they're a lot more specific around the needs of each health profession to elicit information and to be able to track that over time and then be able to demonstrate some progress towards a goal. Yeah, I think I think the word you used earlier, that 360 experience. So yes, it's about that first impression is great. I think everyone's always focused on that first impression. I think we need to have a lot of focus again on every step right the way through as well. So the first session, the second session and the follow-ups in between. And then I think, as you said, just the, the final checking, how did, how did everything go? We know you're not coming back to see us, but how was the service? You know, Did you receive everything you expected to receive? Is there any way we can improve? And I think you mentioned the word net promoter score. Would, would you refer us to someone else? You know, Is there anything we could do to put you in a point where you would recommend us to someone else. I think that living in an end-to-end solution to the point earlier, you don't want 15 different tools capturing this data. You want one tool that, or two tools or three, you know, the ones that are all connected, capturing that data and snapforms can support that that 360 you know, at the end. How, how was you know, your outcome? How measurable was it? Was it good? Was it bad or otherwise? And how can we improve? Yeah, I think it's a really important and unfolding part of modern healthcare. It's to be able to keep that feedback coming in so that there can be any adjustments to the service experience, course corrections as far as therapy is concerned, you know, to be able to support that continued drive towards the outcomes and helping clients achieve their goals in a very satisfactory way, which goes to your point earlier around word of mouth referrals. And I read a statistic recently that both referrals from other peers in the industry or word of mouth referrals consistently achieve a higher retention in terms of the engagement between a client and their practitioner across the prescribed level of therapy that was needed. Whereas in the alternative, a lot of clients tend to drop out early in therapy. And so that that leaves the client and the practitioner in a worse state, so to speak, because they haven't been able to actually get through the whole therapy because that client was not engaged through that whole process. So it's really interesting the way the concept of word of mouth or a peer-to-peer referral could actually in of itself actually be a really important part of achieving good outcomes in healthcare because the clients are actually engaged and motivated because of the context of how they were actually referred into that particular health professional. So some pretty interesting knowledge to kind of figure out on how a simple concept like a form could actually make a real difference towards the clinical outcome. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think whenever I'm looking for a, whether it's a service or or a healthcare service, let's use a dentist example. The first thing I'll do is I'll ask a few friends in the area, have you been to a dentist? You know, they've gone, oh, yeah, I've gone to these two. This was this was my favorite. This one did really well. I'm going to go back to them. That's the one that I'm going to go to. So that, that word of mouth, one, brings me in the door, and then there's your opportunity to, you know, provide the quality of service that will keep me coming back. But I think getting the friend or family member of mine to the point where they would recommend to me, and if they're not at that point, what can you do to get them to that point? Where, you know, traditionally it might have been very difficult to get that. You know, they might have been walking out in the receptionist and, how did you go? It was great. That's kind of was the point of feedback, at least in my experience anyway. But now if I get you know a, a follow-up, you know, here, we, here are your notes from your session. This is what you need to do in the next week before I see you again. These are the stretches or things you need to do. By the way, is there anything I could have done to improve or is there is there anything different we could do that would support you better? I think being asked that question personally would go, well, actually, that's great. You know, I've got the notes and things I need to do. 
but now has my opportunity to, well, I waited a bit long in the front or whatever the feedback is. And it gives that organization opportunity to change and then turn me into a referrer as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's probably one other thing that comes to mind as well is that because we've sort of focused a lot on the clinical engagement, but there's also about an opportunity for SNAP forms to support health professionals who are wanting to differentiate themselves in their marketing by building personal branding strategies. And I know that there are some health marketing firms out there who are doing a great job in actually designing methodologies to achieve just that. And part of it is actually helping bring out this area of expertise or specialization that particular health professional has, as well as their personality, of course. And that can be done through doing webinars, doing seminars where they're actually thinking through how they're going to build their own community of interest around that particular area of healthcare. And then from that community that's engaging with those particular webinars, some of them are actually engaging with the health professional and coming into therapy from it as well. And that is proving to be more effective than just trying to slog it out with AdWords campaigns and you know trying to drop flyers around different suburbs and things of that nature. The Snapforms platform actually supports the building of those types of marketing methodologies. You mentioned in your origins that their marketing was one of the things that you were sort of, you know, leading with. But can you talk to us a little bit about how you're seeing clients use the the marketing or using Snapforms in the context of marketing? Yeah, I think there is areas that our users are, are trying to develop those communities. So you're getting signups for a newsletter is a, a very traditional one that people see on the website. And it's probably even a little bit outdated now. But the examples you gave of getting those communities really engaged is providing information, providing people with the knowledge that you are an expert in your field and getting them confident that you know what you're talking about or you know what you're doing. Be that via a webinar or podcasts, whatever it is you're doing. We see a lot more of that in the healthcare industry than I think I've ever seen before. Snapforms alongside that can support it, whether you're, again, capturing registrations for those types of scenarios, whether you're capturing feedback after you've run those. It's probably the big one in how was the session? Did you get the information you needed? What would you be interested in our next session? Are probably the big ones where we see a lot of that community development coming into Snapforms. Thanks for coming along today and sharing that. Certainly very happy with the integration with Snapforms. Thank you for building Snapforms and looking forward to many good things to come out of the relationship and also seeing your progress with Snapforms. I know we've got a lot of shared happy customers now using the solution and thinking through those digital touch points and how they actually start to engineer a consistent high quality experience for all their clients in their particular areas of service expertise. Much appreciated. Look forward to catching up with you soon, Tim. Likewise. Thanks for having me on, Yanni. Thanks for listening. This podcast is produced in collaboration with Health Tech X, where we are working toward a world of integrated digital health empowerment for all people. If you'd like more info on how to get involved, head over to the website, healthtechx.com.au. Or if you have any feedback about the show, you can reach out to me directly on LinkedIn, Instagram, or email by following the links in this episode's show notes. And finally, Don't forget to subscribe to Reimagining Healthcare in your podcast app. And if you like what you heard, leave us a five-star review. It really helps other people find the show. I'm your host, Yanni Sopanos, and I'll speak to you in our next episode.